Welcome to Question Block, Secret Loss Educational Historical Party Cast. Because today we're talking about Mardi Gras. Woo! Show me your tits. I don't have any beads. I'll throw them to you. Well, that's because you haven't shown me your tits yet. It's true, not yet. You got to earn them. So today we're going to talk all about the history of Carnival. Mardi Gras refers to the last day of Carnival. It only refers to the last day of Carnival. Carnival is a season. Carnival is a way of life. No, it's a season. It's also a cruise ship. Indeed. (laughs) This episode is going to come out on Sunday, right before Fat Tuesday. There's also like a Fat Monday called Lundi Gras. Did you know that? Yep. And what are you drinking this evening? Oh, uh, a Zevia, but it's gold. (laughs) (laughs) A gold-themed refreshment. I have a giant uh, blender glass with a a large pink cocktail in it, which is my personal shout-out to the... It's not frozen, but it looks kind of like a hurricane. Or a hand grenade, one of the drinks you get on Bourbon Street. Sip, sip. And we'll talk a little bit about New Orleans culture, too. Or as much of it as we learned, incidentally, in our research. Kick it off. What is Mardi Gras? Oh, like, some people just only know it when they hear about it once a year. But they've never been to New Orleans for Carnival, and they don't know what it is. Okay, so, so Carnival always starts on January 6th, which is the Epiphany or Three Kings Day, or Twelfth Night. Did you know that Twelfth Night, the Shakespeare play, takes place on the first day of carnival and that's there's like masquerades and stuff like that yes i did know that it's funny it's three separate days none of which are like that major a holiday that celebrate three different things so one is the 12th night of the 12 days of christmas which is when you can take your christmas decorations down three kings day is when the three magi finally like showed up when they saw jesus i think that's way funnier <laughs> they finally got there it's oh, when yeah. they saw him oh, that's epiphany there. like they yeah. they're like oh my god no no epiphany is yet another thing three kings day is when the magi showed up epiphany is another event in the life of jesus that they think happened on the same day but way later it's the day jesus was baptized by john the baptist mm. and then Jesus's brother when he real and that was the day that he realized and I guess it was, maybe angels showed up to Trump with trumpets or whatever but that was the day it was realized that uh Jesus was like the incarnation of God hmm. okay so it, so carnival always starts on January 6th and it ends on Mardi Gras which is the day before Ash Wednesday which is 40 days before Easter so carnival season can can be like a month it can be like a little like a month and a half or like almost two months long depending on when when easter comes it can be like very long and this year it's gonna be like i think last year it was like a bit shorter this because i think um i feel like mardi gras was like in february and this year it's like the beginning of march so yeah it's a movable feast yeah well then you've got more carnival carnival (laughs) means farewell to meet because yeah carne and well it's from the latin it's basically like a bacchanal where you're just trying to get rid of all of your like fatty ingredients so that you won't be tempted over lent yeah because it's about to be business time carnival actually originated in egypt no yeah but that's long before christianity yes so like everything (laughs) on this earth Stuff was pagan, and then Christianity happened, and they um, matched up their, they synced up their cycles. Yeah, it's much easier to introduce your Christian culture if you're like, by the way, you can keep all of your holidays and celebrate them the same way. But you're doing it for Jesus. Yeah, we're just going to say it's about a different thing. And they're like, yes, all right, we won't rebel. So when, (laughs) 
when Alexander the Great, I have Alex the Great in my notes. Yeah. Yeah, my bro. When he conquered Egypt, the Greeks assimilated the holiday and it was over. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't called Carnival. It was called something in Egyptian. It was it was guy going like this bird cat. Isn't that funny that Alexander conquered them, but then ended up with their holiday? Well, the Macedonians were like, oh, this is cool. They liked it. (laughs) We'll do it too. It was overlaid with the Carnivale as a farewell to meet. Um, It goes to, it travels to Italy. Italians are like super into this. And then they bring it. Were the Egyptians doing a fast? Also they fasted time? all the time. They love to fast. They are want to fast. Or was it just like a, a vernal equinox celebration around the time of Easter? All pagan culture, like all of them it, around the world, they you fast and then you feast. That's just like how you do the change of seasons, I think, everywhere. So it goes from Italy to Port it goes from Italy to Portugal to Brazil. And Enslaved African people in Brazil sort of reclaimed the holiday with their own traditions because they weren't allowed to celebrate it in the same like way. And so that's why there's such a big carnival. Like the French brought before they came to America, they brought Carnival to Trinidad. And again, enslaved people, they kind of like made their own Mardi Gras in Trinidad. And they they used calypso music because it kind of mocked the French, like because calypso is kind of like a goofy music. Weren't and they the, were the French were like listening to chamber music at the time, probably right. Yeah, and so like they just had this like elevator, like easy list, like hotel lobby music, and they were like, "Oh, we're French." That's how it got to Trinidad. Okay, but just playing cool xylophones or something. On the and and then yeah. that got like part of the tradition. Do you want to talk about how it came to America a little bit? Yeah, and I'm going to talk about, so you gave kind of the the route from Egypt into Europe mm-hmm. and how the Greeks adopted it. And then I'll talk, of, I'm going to talk about the Romans because mm, also right. elements of Roman festivals ended up in Mardi Gras. So like you were saying, there were, as long as there've been people, there've been like pagan traditions. And a lot of it's based on like generally astronomic, astronomical phenomena because at night there's nothing to do if you're kind of pre-civilization except look at the stars so the vernal equinox was like a day of celebration and that ended up being a roman tradition and there's two major roman holidays it ended up like their elements ended up in mardi gras so there's saturnalia which we talked about on the christmas episode which happens around the winter solstice and it's a like a a week or two week long festival where all the rules are reversed and the masters wait upon their enslaved people or their servants. And there's a rule to, a lord of misrule who gets elected, who gets to create all the rules for everyone. That's very Mardi Gras. Indeed. So that those uh, traditions were in Saturnalia being celebrated in like the hundreds BC um, and have now like carried through multiple different holidays. And then the other uh, festival was Lupercalia, which is the festival of the wolf, which is historically on February 15th. And the Christians turned it into a, the specifics of Lupercalia, they turned it into a holiday 
that coincided with the Feast of St. Valentine's, so it became Valentine's Day. But there are a lot of elements of Lupercalia right in mid-February. Uh, it was sort of a fertility festival. They slaughtered goats and dogs to celebrate fertility. There were, like, these, like, they would get a bunch of, like, bros, basically, like, frat bros, like, single men and their 20s were in these uh, religious orders, like, the Lupercalia orders that would have a magister who like it basically was a frat. The early frats Sounds were like also a lot like around Lupercalia. Mardi which Gras became the cruise kind of like yeah. So and then they would do a this blood sacrifice, smear the blood on the foreheads of the Lupercalians. Wait, oh, whose blood? Uh, the animals they had killed. Ah, uh, okay. And this is all to celebrate. Uh, famously, Rome founded by. Uh, Romulus and Remus, who were raised by a wolf. Their mother broke a vow of chastity, gave birth to these twins, was told she had to murder the twins, and a servant took pity on them, instead put them in a basket, much like... Sophie's choice? Yeah. They floated down the river in the igloo cooler, and then they landed, apparently were caught in the boughs of a fig tree, and figs have like their big heavy leaves and fruit, and they like have a milky sap. So it's very breast implication there too <laughs> there's a lot of like figs involved in the ceremony so they would eat figs and like smear like milk on their foreheads after the blood sacrifice and then run around naked like through the coliseum and around the town while like whipping each other and being whipped by the priests a whip made from like the skin of the goat that they had just sacrificed so kinky they would up. it's yeah of course everybody's driven into a bloodlust and they're all having sex in the streets. That was the original Valentine's Day. So anyway, everybody loves these festivals. It lasts for several hundred years, and then around the 380, as we talked about in the Christmas episode, Constantine becomes Christian, uh, issues the Edict of Milan, says that, like, hey, stop prosecuting Christians. Um, that's now the official religion of the Roman Empire. And they kind of then set about trying to turn these pagan holidays into... Uh, Christian holidays. So then in the late 400s AD, Pope Felix III uh, finally comes up with the ideas. He's like, okay, Lubricalia is really not Christian at all. We have to, it's it's a real embarrassment for him. So he's like, we have to sort this out. So Was he one of the priests like whipping people? Probably. <laughs> he was like, oops. Maybe he was bad at whipping. I don't know. But he was, he was like, how can we make this about Jesus? And he recalled having read his Bible, uh, the temptation of Jesus, the temptation of the Christ. Uh, when Jesus went into the wilderness, after his baptism, he then went into the wilderness for 40 days and was tempted by Judas? Satan. Not Judas. He probably missed Judas. They were friends at the time. But he probably missed Satan. Or, sorry, missed <laughs> Judas. Satan was like, oh, I'm going to make you like the king of like all the world's empire. And Jesus was like, you can't tempt me with things of this world. Um I know. Brutal. Uh, and so uh, he was like, let's, let's celebrate that because Jesus was fasting the whole time. So we're going to fast or give something up. We'll have a sacrifice and we'll take the Lupercalia celebrations and we'll move that combined with elements of carnival and some elements that we're going to pull from Saturnalia, which is now celebrating Jesus's birthday into some like big like festival before we undergo Lent so that people will be cool about doing Lent and the penance and everything. They get to have a good final party. And 
that became kind of the thing. And then it lasted for like several hundred years and was picked up and like kind of pushed by the Catholic Church, which spread from Rome throughout Europe uh, all the way to the time of Louis XIV, the the Sun King. The ballet uh, dancing. The Sun King ballet dancing emperor Oscar Wilde reading. (laughs) Oh, he predated Oscar Wilde. Not by that much. But, Streisand uh, ticket holding yeah. king of France. So this is late 1600s and the Sun King, Louis XIV, ruled the French Empire for decades and decades. So from the late 1600s through the 1700s, exploring the New World was all the rage. The Spaniards had claimed a lot of South America and the Puritans were taking North America. And so Louis XIV wanted his share. So he sent a bunch of guys to what's now the American South and proclaimed the territory of Louisiana. Which was called Louisan back then. And it was it was Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, and Texas. Kind of like the Beyonce song. The Louisiana Territories. Yeah. But it was it was just one chunk chonk. It was a chunk and it was called Louisan. And he was like, like Louis the Fourteenth was like, yo, my boys, you gotta go defend it for the French. You gotta go keep that. You gotta go keep that chunk. Cause I <laughs> want it. Yes. And yeah, so they got there in what sixteen sixty nine. Yeah, Pierre Pierre Le, Lemoyne and Jean Baptiste Lemoyne de Bienville. That's so funny. I had two different sources which have different dates. I see yours. No, no, but they like my sources are like they were like probably nearly dying because they had just crossed the Atlantic and it was miserable to do that voyage at that time, and they you know, happened to realize on the calendar that it was like, uh, what, Lunigras? Like... Lundegras. Lundegras, like the evening they like spotted the shore and they camped out. And so the next day it was Mardi Gras. And they declared the little bayou, they the little place they were at was the bayou of Mardi Gras, which is now very close to Mobile, Alabama. It's not in Louisiana. It's 60 miles south and a little bit east so Mobile, Alabama, actually rightfully has claim to the first ever Mardi Gras celebration in America. Correct. But in 1723, the capital of Louisiana changed from Mobile. To New Orleans. Yeah. Oh, we have to talk about the brothers. Their names were the Lemoyne brothers. So there was Pierre Lemoyne de Iberville, who was le- the leader of the expedition. But he had, I guess, his younger brother... Jean-Baptiste Lemoyne de Bienville. Bienville went on to found uh, Mobile. Yeah, he liked the South a lot better. I feel like Pierre was like, yo, deuces. <laughs> and no, Jean-Baptiste Jean was, Jean was like, I could see myself. I could see myself here for a long time. I could see myself eating a, a po' boy. People have pointed out that actually 16 years earlier, René Robert Cavelier. Sir de la Salle had already explored and navigated the Mississippi River. They just didn't know it was the same river. So like they were like, we reclaim this territory for France. And they, all of these guys, these brothers, weren't actually French. They were Canadians. What? They had just been sort of, which granted, French Canadia or whatever, they were like, it was a ter- also a territory of France. But they were like, I think technically from Canada. But we're exploring on behalf of Louis the Fourteenth. So yeah, within like a couple decades, they establish uh, cities in both Mobile, Alabama, and in New Orleans. 
and then they actually have the resources to put on a proper parade. So what was it like? What was the parade? Well, instead of instead of parades, like there would be more like these high fashion ball. There'd be a ball, a bead ball. Nice. But in, in 1837, there was the first recorded, I don't know what they mean by recorded, like... Yeah, I saw both. The in, first TikTok in parade. sources, I saw 1837 and then 1730s. And the I'm 1730s like, is... Okay, because there were there were moments when, the, when Mardi Gras was, like, banned. Like, when the Spanish came over and then also when the Louisiana Purchase happened... There were these periods where people were like, no, you can't be having, you can't be doing any of this. And then, and then like, you know, you can't keep a good party down. So then it would creep back. That's why you see different, that's why you see different dates. It's funny because I've always thought about the Louisiana Purchase. You kind of put yourself in the shoes of like the, the presidents and the colonists at the time. And you're like, oh, like James Monroe was so smart to like do the Louisiana Purchase and like vastly expand the United States. Like, or yeah, the United States like holdings of land. But imagine if you were like a resident, like a, you know, random like French person just hanging out in New Orleans at the time. And you're like, what? We have to hang out with these like British colonists now? Like they now own everything? It'd be infuriating. And they're going to not let us. Yeah. And they're going to shut down Mardi Gras. There should be a movie about that. Like Revenge of the Nerds. But it's French guys. Who are mad that the Louisiana purchases just happened? Okay, so 1837, mm-hmm. the first recorded parade. They have carriages and and torches because fire was new at this time. As what do well. they call the torches? Flambeau. Yeah, flambeau. <laughs> Love it. So, like you said, New Orleans was established 1718. In the 1740s, the Louisiana's governor was the Marquis de Vaudreuil. The Marquis de Vaudeville? Yeah, Marquis de Vaudeville uh, started hosting elegant society balls. And those became the model for the balls that you talked about. So that's when the ball game got going in the 1740s. Uh, And then... Category is... The earliest reference in writing to a Mardi Gras carnival appears in 1781. And that is in a report to the Spanish colonial governing body. So I guess at that point, Spain was kind of also involved. Or like... Some Spanish trader like wrote about, yeah, these look at these Frenchmen having this carnival celebration. Oh, and then I had some, oh, the first crew. Okay. 1857. I got a much earlier secret society in, okay. in 1704. What? In Mobile, Gag. Alabama, there was a Masque de Mobile, Masque de la Mobile. So it wasn't really like a Mardi Gras crew, but it was a secret society. Okay. That lasted okay. for five years. Wait, and then there was a second one, which I think is great, called the Boof Gras Society. The Fat Cow. Yeah. The Fat Cow Society was established in 1710. And they were they around for stay like... They secret for that long because no, they were all a bunch of fat cows. They apparently were around for 150 years. Oh. Like until the, Excuse the me. beginning of the Civil War. In 1857, the Mystic Crew, and this is spelled like with, a, with K's... In Mystic and Crew, but not in Comus. The Mystic Crew of Comus. Because, uh, you know, you can't have three Ks. You can only have, like, two Ks or, like, more than that. Otherwise, it's... Well, do you know, Com- Comus refers to John Milton's hero, Comus. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 
they were like, we want to add some like juggalo realness to <laughs> what's going on right now. We want to put on fancy hats and like do some magic tricks and like dress like pimps. Yeah, we want feathers and gold. No one, you know, they're all, it's all like volunteer, volunteer firefighters, but for parties. Yeah, New Orleans is known as the greatest free show on earth, which I'm like, you guys didn't have to qualify it. It just happens to be, you could say the greatest show, but they're like, no, it's the greatest free show on earth because they like to emphasize that it's entirely like crowdfunded. So they, the Mystic Crew of Comus introduces floats and masked balls because you're supposed to be like getting buck in the streets. And if you're like, they want everyone to be able to like join and do like role reversal. So like if you're if you're like a businessman or whatever, but you're like, I need to like let my freak flag fly, you you can wear a mask and then your identity is concealed. And it's actually a rule that if you're on a float, you have to have a mask. You cannot like take your mask off. You can actually get like a fine or like kicked out of the parade or like your crew if you take your mask off. Wow. I came across apparently like written into Louisiana state law. This is like statute is that Mardi Gras is one of the only times you're allowed to wear a mask in Louisiana. So specifically, I think it's a crime prevention strategy, kind of like the UK. They have like anti hood and anti like mask wearing laws. I suppose the pandemic probably changed a lot of that. Maybe it didn't. They (laughs) They probably still are against it. But, uh, yeah, it's it written into the text of the law. It's like, with the exception of Mardi Gras celebrations, like it's forbidden to wear a mask to conceal your identity, uh, like while in public. Okay, I'm going to talk about that a little bit when we talk about the Indians. And they are called, they call themselves Indians. This is like their name that they gave themselves. Yeah, let's hear about it. In 18, well, just in 1875, Mardi Gras, the Mardi Gras Act makes the holiday official. So should we talk about the crews and the Indians? Yeah, you mentioned, what is a Mardi Gras throw? I, I mean, a throw I, is like beads or prizes that you like give to people. Okay. If they embody the, the the elements that we talked about. The first beads were glass, which Terrible sounds idea. dangerous. Also, the Zulus, which is one of the, that's why I want to talk about the crews, because otherwise it's not going to make sense. Okay. Okay. So the second crew. Rex. No. Am I correct or no? No. What I have is, the as you said, the first crew is the Mystic Crew. The Mystic Crew of Comus. Comus, okay. The second crew was founded in 1870, the 12th Night Revelers. And they are the first account of throwing. They're throwing. <laughs> Stop, they're throwing. <laughs> they're You're throwing. throwing. And that's when, uh, and like you said, it, it became around that time also an official holiday and newspapers began to announce what the Mardi Gras events would be. And they like kind of got it together where they would publish uh, a calendar at that time. They still do. And then they started doing themed parades beginning in 1886 with a, they had a parade called Visions of Other Worlds uh, where they like really went beyond with designing the floats with like wild colors. Okay, and then you were about to talk about Rex. Yeah, Rex is the like king another, of carnival. Another well, a lot of the the crew's names go back to roy, just like different words for royalty or like knight or you know whatever. And they 
they're all kind of known for different things. Um, oh, so the the concept of Rex, the king of carnival, was invented by a group of businessmen. It's like Casual Friday from our Hawaii episode. A group of businessmen got together and was like, how can we like get yet another parade on the calendar? And they're like, we'll invent an official king. They uh, they were the first people to come out with their own doubloon coins in 1960, That which is another thrill. But that first one in 1872, apparently the first ever Rex or King of Carnival was the a Romanov. It was the visiting Russian Grand Duke, Alexis Romanov, and the businessmen wanted to impress him, so they invented this position, like Rex, King of Carnival, and apparently this is yet another like mythical Wait. origin of the colors. His family colors, the f- colors of the Romanovs, are purple, green, and gold. Mm. How and, convenient. Yeah, and that's why they claim those are the colors, which I thought was very funny that this like southern like right french creole southern celebration is like the colors maybe are from a russian like family's royal colors well you said the king the king of it's the real like king and queen their identities are kept secret they're like crew members but they elect like a puppet representative which is usually a celebrity which is like the lord it's kind of like the lord of misrule Oh. But the but the actual king and queen of the cruise are are like totally secret. Their identities are not ever revealed, and they're in charge of of uh, planning out like where they're gonna how they're gonna get their float. Because a lot of only the the like major crews have enough money or members to build a totally new float every year. They're sort of like. Secondary and tertiary. Yeah, you bring out cruise you bring and bring out the same float. You just update it. Well, there's other crews that you can actually rent a float because because carnival there's parades every day of carnival. You can rent a float and just kind of like put your own stank on it if you're one of these other crews. The anthem of Mardi Gras. I know we listened to Ico Ico in the beginning, which is a great Mardi Gras song, but the I guess the anthem kind of like Old Lang Syne for New Year's is this song. This is according to this article, for also from 1872, called If Ever I Cease to Love. Oh, yes. <laughs> which is like a very improbable anthem to have chosen for a giant, like, you know, festival with like pagan origins. But it's If Ever I Cease to Love. And according to this article I read, in, in part because the Duke really, the, the Rome, Alex Romanoff really liked that song. That's so, <laughs> so funny. Oh, my God. It. Everything's about so him. So, like, yeah, not only does Mardi Gras have your colors, it's uh, the song of Mardi Gras is this song that you like. And he's like, all right, I guess I'll invest. I'll invest. Um, and then supposedly the the following year, the that Comus crew, they presented a float called the missing, basically against Darwin's origin of species, called the missing links to Darwin's origin of species, which was meant to mock Darwin's theory of evolution and also the local governor. I thought it was funny. There was an anti-evolution float. In like That's eight, great. 1873. It goes backwards. Maybe. Can I tell you about some of the, the the featured parade crews? Yeah. And what they like stand for. So there's the crew of Zulu, which throws the biggest celebration on Mardi Gras, like now, and they their th- their throws used to be coconut. They threw coconuts at people. Yeah. They don't do that anymore, though. 
There's the crew of Bacchus. They have, they're the ones who are like really, really known for the celebrity monarchs. The crew of Bacchus is when you read about, and I told you I remembered when James Gandolfini was the king of Mardi Gras, and you were like, no, no, he was just like a, an honorary like royalty for some crew. And it's crew of Bacchus gets all these celebrities to show up. So I told you in 2020, it was, uh, I think they like managed to slide in a Mardi Gras right before the pandemic. In 2020, it was Robin Thicke. And like Drew Carey has been like in the, the crew of Bacchus, like they're, I guess, king, just a king of that crew. They, they got good pull. Their booker, the booker from <laughs> the cruise king is pretty solid. So those are, those are like the main. Oh, one thing we haven't main crews. There's, but there's like, because there's oh, there's going. multiple parades every every day. Like I said, there's some that just have dogs. Barkus. Barkus, the crew of the crew of Barkus. There's, I mean, there's some really really goofy ones. And Bourbon Bourbon Street apparently is like very narrow and small, and so like that isn't the best place to see these floats. Like they usually. There's like other streets that you can go that are like bigger and well, locals tend to avoid Bourbon Street and it's not super narrow. It's close to to vehicle traffic. It's all pedestrian thoroughfare in like the French Quarter. Um, and there are like between like two and five story buildings on either side that have all these balconies where which now are probably all Airbnbs that people rent out to throw beads and Mardi Gras. Well, Carnival now. It lasts just as long as it always did. But if you go any time in spring and probably even during the summer or whenever to uh, Bourbon Street, people will be throwing beats off of balconies at you. Crew of tit Rex. They're they're petite. They're like a little crew and they oh, they tit, focus on pain, painstakingly decorated miniature parade <laughs> floats. There's a there's a whole bunch. of Oh, they're a crew of Hermes, which is like the flame crew. Oh, they have a Star Wars one, the crew of Chewbacca. <laughs> Wait, but what you're showing is a float that looks like a Dalek from Doctor Who. I guess they're just into all, all nerdy, sorts of like nerdy, sci-fi they're, they're stuff. They're sci-fi nerdy people. Nice. Yeah, uh, and then there's the Indians who don't. They don't have a float because they just walk. They walk, and they often start off the Mardi Gras festivities in it, like in the morning, like very early, and they kind of wake up the town by like starting in this like certain square and then they they travel like they disperse and like they wake everyone up to like start the Mar the Mardi Gras festivities but it's they're groups of African Americans who dress up in these the feather like the outfits are so intricate and like beautiful they just they're like a whole nother creature of like feathers and they like, I guess, paint their faces. So it sounds like they have a lot in common with like Brazilian carnival. Yes, but they're they're dressing up like the Native Americans who helped, like when when they were like enslaved, they helped uh, Native Americans gathered with the African Americans, and they like they were kind of like created. They created this like mass together where. They were allowed, they like went out in public when they weren't supposed, or they gathered in public when they weren't supposed to. Oh. Like that African Americans could have Sundays off, but they also couldn't, they couldn't gather in public places. So to kind of like boycott this, they would 
what they call like masking, masking Indian. They would like put on Native American like feathers and stuff like that. And they would go to the public square. And then like the Native Americans gave them like they housed some of them or they would join them to protest. And like this is their homage to that. And they, there's I'll, I'll tell you some of the names of the different they call themselves like they're they're not called tribes. They call themselves like the different Indian gangs. Some of their oh yeah, Congo Square is the square where they where they like dress up. Oh my god, I have so many names. The Ninth Ward Hunters, the Black Seminoles, the Burning Spears, the Congo Nation, the Golden Blades, the Monogram Hunters, the Wild Apache, the Wild Magnolias, the Yellow Pocahontas. Beyonce's album Lemonade, they have a Mardi Gras Indian circling a dining table in in it. If like in in the visual album for Lemonade, you can go check it out. Yeah, when she's got that hat. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And she's standing on the the police car in and the middle of a bayou. The song, the Ico Ico, it it's talking about like the two Mardi Gras Indian tribes. It says tribes, gangs, I guess. But yeah, look, go look up pictures because they look so cool. And apparently their their suits are like, they're custom. They're like very expensive, very beautiful. Yeah, so Bourbon Street is the, I guess, while the traditional center of the festivities, like you were saying, there's parades kind of throughout. Mobile Alabama has its own like celebrations. Do you know why it's called Bourbon Street? I mean, I could guess. But I thought it was just. Me? I thought it was just because everybody drinks there, and New Orleans, uh, famously, is one of the few U.S. cities where you can open, like, carry in an open container, so you can get to go alcohol. New York City had it just for like summer of 2020, but New Orleans still, you can get a drink to go, uh, and it's like a very common thing throughout Bourbon Street. There's little bars where you just get like a drink. But it's called Bourbon Street not because of the bourbon that's consumed on it. But it's because when they laid out the city in 1718, this French engineer, Adrien de Pagère, laid out the streets and he just picked the names of a bunch of French royal families to name the streets oh, the after. Oh, the Bourbon. Yeah, Bourbon Street's named after the, at the time they were the, the French royal family was the House of Bourbon. I guess that's like whatever, like, Louis we, the Louis the Fourteenth's descendants who inherited the throne, like they we were the talked House about of them in the fashion, yeah, in our fashion episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's the Rue Bourbon. Should we talk about king king cakes? Because I didn't actually find. I've I, never had a king cake, so tell me about them. I I didn't actually find anything about the any specific like drinks or even I mean foods. I I think it's just like. The Louisiana barbecue and sausages and like po like I heard a lot about like different meats that were just in between white bread like that was like what you would eat to like give you energy for the parade yeah and it is still fat Tuesday the actual like culminating day of of all of like carnival so I think probably you do eat a lot of meat okay so the king the king cake it sounds to me now you could get them that are kind of like Danish but um, just kind of like a cinnamon bun. And I think now they put like stuff in, like fit like a gooey, like you can get different things. It fillings. sounded to me like a bunt cake because they're circular. Like a crown, yeah. Supposedly, yeah, a, a crown or, I saw this reference that said it portrays the circular route used by the kings to get to the Christ child. 
to confuse King Herod. Oh, and oh I'm my like, God. that's okay, not that's wild. Non-canon. That is not canon. <laughs> so I don't know why they're round, but they are. And then they do hide something in the cake, right? Well, okay, we'll get to, yes. So you had there, a we'll get to that. I was gonna say. So this is another uh, guess of like where the Mardi Gras colors come from is the three kings. So there's. Did you know the names of the three kings? No, I have no Igor. Okay, so there's Melchior, Caspar, <laughs> oh, Melchior. and Balthazar, and they gave New baby Mel- Melchior. Yeah, and Balthazar. They gave. It's just the names of the kids from kids, basically. They <laughs> they gave Ghost? they gave baby Jesus gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Mm-hmm. We all know who his favorite uncle. <laughs> He's like, give me incense. What the what the fuck? Gifts like correspond to the different colors. So like, I don't know what colors frankincense and myrrh. So uh, frankincense is green and then myrrh is maybe purple. And then the gold symbolizes power. The green is faith and the purple is justice. We'll fact check it. I like the story that it's the Romanovs, but I think these are both pretty fun. Pretty fun. But those are the colors that the cake is in, basically. Yeah, those are the official colors of Mardi Gras. Definitely. As you can see on the beads hung on the wall behind us. So the the baby inside there's now well now they make them and there's a they start they when you get it from a bakery they have like a little pod with the baby a plastic baby and you you have to like i guess close your eyes and like stick it in the cake and then spin it around and and then like serve it to your friends and whoever gets the piece with the baby in it that person has to buy the cake for the next year they could also be kind of like the Lord of Misrule mm. in your friend group. They decide where you guys go. But there used to be a porcelain baby. Yeah, they they de- you could de- also declare that person king for the day. Word. Who I guess gets to decide what, yeah, what bar yeah. you're going to. That's what, yeah. So there used to be a porcelain baby that they would bake inside, inside of it. And even before that, there was like a bava bean. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the symbolism is actually the way to go there. Just be like, whoever gets the bean, now it's not a choking hazard. It symbolizes the baby Jesus. Whoever We can act accordingly. We don't have to put a real baby inside the cake. You can just be like, whoever poops out this baby three days later. There, yeah, we'll follow up. We'll follow. We're going to all go, go, <laughs> go to urgent care and get x-rays. Okay, so I think they put like cream or fruit into it. I I told you it's it's like a as blend of coffee cake and cinnamon roll, mm. but now they sometimes can put fruit. They can put like stuff inside of it, so they can put like fruit or cheese. They have the technology now. Okay, so I it's it's a mixture of like all the pastries, all the breakfast pastries, basically. So I was reading. Mardi Gras celebrated in other countries as well still, although not a ton. And it's not really a national holiday in any other countries. But there are like towns in Sweden that have something that looks a lot like a king cake. But it's sort of like a cream pastry that you can only eat on Fat Tuesday. Only eat it then. They actually start selling them on January 6th and they just stop selling them. Oh, you can get it any time. Because during carnival, it, yeah. So a lot of time, well, because it's Three Kings Day, that's when you can start eating it. Mm. And you usually like, I guess schools will have. I heard that schools in New Orleans will have 
king cakes like every day. Like a different PTA mom will have to like bring the king. Bring it in. Yeah. Because there's bakeries where you can get them and they're like a full on cake. And I looked for like donuts or something because I feel like someone should get on that in New York. Yet it's a little too early to find it in New York right now. I think unless you want to order like a full ass cake, which is like it's a bit extra. You know? Yeah, that's too much. You can't. You're like, give me the slice with the baby in it, please. Have you been to New Orleans? No. I can say from firsthand experience, I can report having been there twice, the food portions are absolutely enormous. And I would not be surprised if you you just, they're like, of course you want the entire king cake and just give you the full cake. They, yeah. Multiple places, like restaurants, I would order a sandwich and it comes to you as just... It's like the idea of the sandwich you ordered, like a po' boy or a ham sandwich or whatever, and they've just completely covered the entire like platter in front of you with like the fillings of the sandwich. And it's kind of like a stew slash salad of like those ingredients. And it was the same everywhere. Anytime you go to a restaurant order, it's just a solid square foot of food that they fill out in front of you. That's wild. Yeah. Very generous helpings. It was very, it was delicious. Great food. So we talked about the, the throws yeah and now there's oh the throws of the tits right we got to talk about the tits so yeah when did that when did that in the 80s with mtv they all blame mtv because it was it was like i said it was like if you exemplified the like you know justice power (laughs) you exemplify these are powerful tits but the throws weren't like this whole like capitalist one-upsmanship like trying to like get as many beads as possible thing no, and now I think it's the the tit thing has like toned down a lot, and now I think it's like it's more everybody everybody gets beads, and it's kind of like a candy rave where you you share bead you trade beads with each other. I heard that you should just buy a lot of beads because then you can trade them. You can trade them exactly, and they have them everywhere. Also. I think it was the crew of Rex. They've been very like revolutionary in their float and that their I- different ideas. So they actually had like a QR code and you would scan the QR code and then you'd have like a virtual bead you and get then an you, NFT bead. Exactly. On your phone. And then you collect it later. You like go trade it in because they were like, we don't want to like hurt people. And also because they're getting to be a problem with like, how much like the pollution and everything of like you know it's like bad it's like plastic or whatever so this you like trade it in well and the city of new orleans has to send like full cleaning crews out to bourbon street (laughs) every every night clean from you know basically new year's through like late april to get the beads out of the gutter yeah and this or i guess last year they had uh oh, I forget what it is. It's, it's basically like what we do in Diker Heights. People would do it in their homes. It would it was like home degrass. Oh, they people just decorated their houses during during like the pandemic. Yeah, and and also the crew of of Rex had you they had the NFT like QR tour. code. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was like a, a walking tour. I'm just talk about like something freaky that happened in 2020. Do you want to know what happened? You told me there was like a Mardi Gras tragedy. Two. Two Mardi Gras <laughs> tragedies. And then New Orleans got blamed for like spreading 
coronavirus to the rest of the U.S. Oh, because they had... Because everyone came there and then dispersed. But to be fair, it like it is crowded, but it, all the celebrations are outdoors. It's pretty warm in New Orleans, even by like late February. Right, it's just because... So, and like all the celebrations are outside for the most... Well, I take that back. There's a lot of like packing into bars... And like, there's like a bunch of like nightclubs and stuff along. And this Bourbon was Street. it was it February 16th last year, Mar- uh, or or sorry, in 2020. Yeah. So it was probably even for New Orleans, it was maybe a little bit cold. So, and it was people from. I still all- think it was everybody who went out in New York City in early March. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, gonna, but everyone loves to. But they were like the tits. They were like the tits are bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So. This is like literally almost like never happened that on two separate nights it was um it was at Nick's like the parade of Nick's which is like a all female parade or all female crew there were there was like one person killed and then a few days later at Endemia but then on like Zulu, the largest parade of Mardi Gras, like nothing happened, and everyone was like, "Oh, that was that was weird." It is funny that uh, all the art cars at Burning Man get so much like credit, but like right, New Orleans has been doing this for like hundreds of years. Yeah, with like the floats and the crews, that's like what your burner group is. is and like- they do it all. I mean, literally, like all year. Like it, they. Um, they start, it's kind of it reminded me of like no, you Jack, work on your car ahead of time and then you bring it out for like but uh, it reminds festival. me of like Jack Skellington like I feel like or like the Christmas town you know but I think that's just what burners do as well that's what Burning Man is like the our friends in Butt Disco like have an art car they work on it's in a garage they like are they working on it, it now. Up. No, they probably they yeah. really only spent about two months on it. I really feel like once it. Mardi Gras ends, they're like, okay, how are we going to like top ourselves next year? All right, everybody, only 364 more days. Yeah, they have the little clock with the beads. Mardi Gras. Oh, that, the, so apparently the first like beads in general, in general, personally, were on a Santa Claus, like Santa Claus on a float was. He was just like dressed head to toe in beads and then he was like throwing them at people. That was like the first instance of that. Oh. Yeah. So that's Mardi Gras. I have some fun related factoids and other celebrations uh, related to Mardi Gras. Tell. To like add on. That I saved for for the end of the episode. Okay. Okay. So I've got. uh, So we. As you were just saying, like the crew spending all year working on it in Mobile, Alabama which we talked about, home of the first American Mardi Gras, the carnival-related like social events last like half the year. So they begin in November. There are Mystic Society, basically their crews, also known as Mystic Societies. They all have balls on Thanksgiving. So they all, that's, I guess you go to the Mystic Society, the ball on Thanksgiving, New Year's Eve is a it's huge a party ball, day. Ball. The crews throw big parties on New Year's New Year's Eve, um, and then the ball start up in January and February, uh, all culminating on <clears throat> at midnight, right before Ash Wednesday. It's got to be exhausting. You have to get going in like uh, so. That's Mobile, but going even further afield. So I talked about they celebrate. I feel like they're compensating. Like there are still. Interesting, like there's towns that still do carnival, right? 
right like italy like kind of like not inventive like rome which had a huge like part of the origin of like mardi gras and carnival doesn't really celebrate it anymore mm-hmm, but okay. venice still does celebrate carnival um and so like there's this famous uh edgar Allan poe story the cask of amontillado where this guy uh traps and kills a man that he's like envious of by breaking him up inside like a cellar like chaining the wall and then putting building a brick wall in front of him whatever it takes place during carnival in venice and he like tricks him uh by like because the guy's drunk and like luring him into his cellar to find this like cask of a very rare wine but that is gay in the best i mean (laughs) that in the most complimentary (laughs) highest of ways okay yeah, it's a great. Oh, yeah. So it's in like in Venice is big in in Nice in France. It's how nice, big, but not really like in Paris. They don't really celebrate it. And in part, this Napoleon kind of like stomped out a whole bunch of religious holidays during his reign. Um, he was like, I'm tall. <laughs> and then he stomped his he, little feet. Yeah, he stomped his little feet. But he he kind of killed off Mardi Gras celebrations throughout almost all of France. Um, which is like a bummer because sad they they spread it to America. Um, They're like, we're done. <laughs> I guess so. That's it. And then it does exist. And like I said, like there's no other country that has like a full countrywide Mardi Gras celebration, but they should. There's other towns that have it. What, so what about Brazil? Sure, certainly. But that's even their version of Carnival isn't necessarily Mardi Gras with the Fat Tuesday and everything. They have. They got that's just the end of it. Come on, come on. All right, I'll give you that. Fine, Brazil certainly, which means Portugal has it too, probably. Trinidad too. Like I said earlier, Mm -hmm. the first, like one of the first things that I said. Yeah, and then the the Czech Republic, like so in Prague they celebrate it of all places. Okay. Um. So it's called it's it's a folk tradition. It's called Masopust, which means meat fast, which makes sense. Uh, and there they do like a door-to-door procession. So this is like another, it's funny, it's trick-or-treating. It's called a begging ritual. And it's a big part of Please show dating me your back tits. to the Middle Ages is like, and now it's been incorporated in different Mardi Gras celebrations. But what Americans do, trick-or-treating, is kids go around effectively begging, right, to get like candy. And so there are ritual festivals like this, and a bunch of them are associated with Mardi Gras around the world. So this one in the Czech Republic and then it was known in the Middle Ages as the Courier de Mardi Gras. And it's now really popular in a bunch of rural places around Lu- like Louisiana, like in the little bayou towns and stuff. And they have their own like very like rich, like weird traditional celebrations. So Courier de Mardi Gras would mean like the run, the like Mardi Gras run. Or the Fete de la Quemande, which is the Feast of Begging. And Ooh, that's hot. <laughs> yeah. It originated in medieval France, like I said, and it's like kind of gone along with Mardi Gras culture, but it has always been more traditionally like the rural celebration of it. So instead of big parades, a bunch of people get together. There can there's, we say there's it? often like a marshal on horseback who leads them. Wait. They have a parade route and then they go around begging. And generally there's like songs they sing, and the traditional songs are like Give us potatoes or cracklins. This article I read compared it to wassailing, which is also like a begging uh, ritual. 
With sailing, you go around asking with a for, cup. Yeah. Right, you go around for booze. Yeah, singing carols until they give you booze to go away. But SantaCon. This tra- I guess it, they trace the origins back to the peasants. Like winter has ended, you've gone through all your stocks of food. You slaughtered all your animals in like and harvested in like October, November. So you're kind of running out of food, but like you don't stuff still isn't like ready for spring planting yet. So you're on your like kind of like the final stretch. It's developed into a feast where the peasants really would go like begging for food so they they could survive for like another month until stuff started growing again. They were like, I'll show you my tits. (laughs) They would go around to all the noblemen's houses. I'll show you the good one. Yeah. In exchange for beads. No, in in exchange for actual food. Mead. In exchange for meads. That's how it changed. Yeah. So they'd go from manor to manor, dancing and singing in return for the generosity of the nobles. Uh, and there were also contests and races, and apparently there's a, 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 some one aspect of this which shows up a lot is chasing a chicken, the chicken chase. I mean, we all know what that, and that we know what that is. Is also part of where the courier, like the the run, comes mm-hmm. from. Like in the Wikipedia article reading about this, there's a photo of, like, contemporary like Southern like American like rural Southern Americans. Chasing a chicken across a muddy field. It does, that does not surprise. That's <laughs> that's their natural habitat. They're living their life. I think it sounds like a yeah, like a jackass episode. But it's like yeah, this is what you do every like Mardi Gras. We do the the career to Mardi Gras. And then there also is the some of them will will do the they'll be flagellants where they whip the sin out of themselves or have other people whip them while they're doing. This like going from oh, house yeah, there to house. was one of these crews that was like the Which, sexy. There's only like one of them, uh, but it's like a sexy one. Oh, is there like a BDSM? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There's like crew? one, it's like one crew. It's like th- when you think of like the super debauchery. The thing is, it's not debaucherous or degenerate it's at all. Not, it dates except, all the way back to Lupercalia, except the. The crew de view. The crew de view. That's a great name for a crew. It's the adult only night of debauchery. It kicks off the parade se- season and it features all manner of thoroughly inappropriate floats and costumes, often with irreverent political and sexual themes. If you're, yeah. Oh, we got to go. Oh, okay. Let me tell you about one final, like, Mardi Gras carnival celebration. All right. Let's do it. This is the silliest one. So, this is the carnival of Ivrea which is a festival in the northern Italian city of Avrea, and which includes a tradition of throwing oranges between organized groups Mm -mm. known as the Battle of the Oranges. It's the largest food fight in all of Europe. That would be my literal hell. Like, I would die because I've never had an orange in my life, and I wouldn't start then. Yeah, it involves thousands of townspeople divided into nine combat teams who throw oranges at each other with considerable violence (laughs) during the traditional carnival days. It lasts three days, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Okay, so can I just ask, as we, to end the episode, can I ask you... Wait, can I tell you more about this No, I'm getting freaked out. I don't like it. Supposedly, it does date no. back to there was an evil, uh, like evil orange. No, Baron who ruled over the village, and he there was like a maiden. He demanded like the first night's like ruler's privilege with this like maiden who was going to get married, and the townspeople rebelled and threw rocks at his like keep. penis. 
at his keep until oh. it like collapsed. And so the throwing oranges is to commemorate the throwing of rocks at this nobleman. So can I ask you, how are you going to revert your social? Because like that's a that's a thing you're supposed to like do the opposite of what you would like normally do. You're supposed to like flip social stuff. So like what's On something Tuesday, that... you got to mix it up. Yeah. So what are you going to do? Oh, I don't know. That's not just wait, like your own personal thing or like I thought you, you know, you do it at, like with a bunch of. With a bunch of other no, people. No, you you can, party. I think that's, uh, so for anyone out there, the easiest way to like celebrate it, like if your own little like tickled way to do it is just like something that you would normally do, like just switch it up. It could, I mean, like it could be like something really small, like mismatch your socks or something. Like just do something like a little bit like different and like fun. Oh, or, I was going to have like a big tasty steak dinner or something is like a farewell to meat. Oh, but you're not giving up meat, so. I mean, I have a lot of work planned during Lent, so I probably won't be partying too much. So I think I will be giving up a lot of stuff during this Lent season. Oh, okay. I'm not going to give up anything. There is, But I'm going to throw beads off of our fire escape because we have a lot of beads. I'm going to like be like, you look like a just person. I'll like, throw a purple sound like bead. like you're mixing it up at all. I was going to say, there is, there is a real actual known marketing trend because so many Christians give up alcohol during Lent. That there is an actual like boost during Lent season in non-alcoholic uh, like faux cocktails and mocktail like sales. I mean, if you're gonna give it up, just give it up. Don't don't make a don't make a faux mocktail. Just start drinking more water <laughs> and you seltzer. You buy yourself some curious elixirs that's, that's or some cheating. some seed lip like faux alcohol and uh, make yourself okay. some creative mocktails. So if you made it this far then you obviously really, really like us. So you should show your appreciation. Sounds like you're part of the Secret Loft crew. The crew, the crew of Loft. Please give us a five-star review. Please do. Shout out. Like, thank you to our editor, Danny share. Feltz. Yeah, thank you. We, if we made a series of beads with the question block logo, Work. wouldn't that yeah. be sick? It would be awesome. So yeah, we'll be back next week. Come hang out with us in real life. If you're on 14th Street on Mardi Gras, Come through. I'll throw beads at your tits. <laughs> if they're good. <laughs> Can you imagine? Somebody must have done that. There must be like a, a TikTok or Vine or. Oh, we're doing improv it. Improv anywhere where there's someone stands on a balcony in New York. is like, show me your tits. I mean, it's going to happen. So if you also want to film me on your TikTok, you can also come down 14th Street. All right. We'll see you on 14th Street. Okay. Great job. I'm going to play us out with a little Ico Ico. Ico.